because we're going to serve him for all of eternity. So the only two things we can do on earth, the only reason that he leaves us here is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we set aside every May, the whole month, to focus on all kinds of different dimensions of missions. That's why Teen Challenge comes in, because one of our missionary supports that we do, it's supporting, it's sharing the gospel with a people group who um, really needs special attention, people with addiction issues. We support them quite a bit every single month. Many hundreds and hundreds of dollars we send out to there every month to support Teen Challenge. Um, so missions, so uh, Teen Challenge is part of our missions month. Last Sunday was part of missions, bringing a missionary in. And so all these different things, it's May is missions month. Our verse for the whole month is Acts 1.8. And Acts 1.8 says this, most of us could quote it. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. It says, we shall receive power or empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, because of the power, we shall be witnesses. Or another way we could put it is we shall be missionaries everywhere. It says in our hometowns nearby in Jerusalem. Um, in the cities around us, um, near cities in, in Judea and Samaria, and even it says to the remotest parts of the earth that we will go to people that are similar to us and people that are a lot different to us than us, that that's God's plan. God's plan for his church is that we would tell everyone everywhere about him. And he wants us to understand from this verse that we can't do that on our own. We can't do it by our own power. We can't do it by just trying hard enough. We can't do it by our own ability. That God's work requires God's power. That God's work requires the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And that word, empowered, empowered has to do with the Holy Spirit doing His ministry within and through you in a way that you can't, couldn't, and were never intended by God to do by your own effort and ability. You need to understand something here. God has a work for you to do and me to do that he never intended for you to try to do on your own. One of the biggest mistakes in all of Christianity is just thinking, oh God, you told me what to do, now I'm going to run off and do it. That's not God's plan. God's plan is for us to be empowered, where he says, I have a job for us all to do, and the fact is, Mark, I want you to be part of it, but it's not really about you anyways. It's about the Holy Spirit within you, empowering you to do something that you can't do on your own and you are never intended to do by your own effort and ability. You see, friends, when the empowerment of the Spirit is within the child of God, God makes you better than you were before. He makes you more able than you were before and He makes you more powerful than you were before. Empowered. That's what we want to think about over these five weeks of missions and every one of our messages is going to have something to do with empowered. It's it's like Peter who denied Jesus three times on the day that Jesus was arrested. Remember the story we talked about it in the sermon a while back, where he denied him three different times and and when when the pressure was on he said, you know, I don't even know the guy, but that same guy later, by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, stands before thousands of people and proclaims the death and resurrection of Jesus on the day of Pentecost. And when the religious authorities say, listen, uh, don't ever speak of him that name again, he goes, listen, how can I do that? I met God. He was empowered 
by the Holy Spirit. The difference is the Holy Spirit's empowerment. So for five weeks, we want to think about this. How does it affect every part of our lives and what God calls us to do? So last week, we looked at being empowered in a unique way. We looked at being empowered for impossible places. Last week, we had these missionaries in. Uh, You guys enjoy the fishers last week? You know what? Great family. And um, I loved his wife. I can't pronounce her name. Anybody remember what her name was? She's from, and I said, you're from Iran. And she goes, right, I'm from Iran. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, Iran. I I said, forgive me, I'm American. But um, empowered for impossible places. And I know you didn't get the same benefit that a couple of us did, but we spent the afternoon with them. And to hear her story, she's born and raised in Iran. And her, her pastor was executed for the gospel. She's got a number of brothers and sisters, and they're all in the, in the underground church in Iran. And a number of her brothers are either in prison right now or have been imprisoned and released. They're in an impossible place. Iran, and now they're living in Turkey, reaching people who flee out of other countries and come to Turkey um, for, to try to find jobs or just get out of their countries. And so they're targeting people there, and they got to tell stories about people they've led to Christ. Well, here's what they would tell you, and that they did tell you, that nothing that they did in the place where they're at could be accomplished for the gospel without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We could come up with the best business model in the world how are we going to do this? Let's go to this country, do all this, target people. Do, if, if God wasn't in it by the power of the Holy Spirit, guess what? They would simply kill you. But God is in it. So last week we looked at empowered for impossible places. Well, today is what day? Mother's Day. We're going to get these flowers at the end, ladies. It's your, it's your cost or it's your gift for staying through the whole service. It's Mother's Day. And I, I want to turn our focus onto something related to moms, mom, something that, that you heard Suzanne talking about this morning and the video talking about this morning, and it's this. It's about empowered families. And I want to use as an example of talking about empowered families a biblical family that what I love about so much of the Bible, all of the Bible, but this family in particular, is that they're just very similar to many of our families in our communities, many of our families in this church. A family where, if you look at them as a whole in Scripture, this family you see, is a family where a young girl, who is probably brought up being taught to honor and love God by her mother, you can read between the lines and figure that out, a Jewish woman, raised by a Jewish woman, taught to to honor and love God by her mother. This young girl, we don't exactly know how, but somehow chose to marry a man who I'm sure she loved, but what we find out from the story, from the scriptures, that who didn't serve the Lord, that he wasn't even of the same nationality, was not Jewish, didn't serve the Lord, and that that couple had a child, that we know at least one, maybe had more, but we know of at least one, and mom wanted that child to know the Lord, the same Lord she had learned about. And so we find out from scripture that a preacher came to town, a Jewish trained rabbi, who is teaching that the Jewish Messiah had come into the world, that his name was Jesus, and that he had come and he had suffered, he had been crucified, and he rose from the dead, and he is the Lord. And that Jewish mother and a Jewish grandmother took that child and that young man to hear this preacher, and all of them came to understand that Jesus was the Messiah, 
that he was the Son of God, and they trusted in Jesus as Savior and Lord. And that young man became a student of the great preacher and eventually became a great leader in the early church. Now here's your quiz question for the day. What family are we talking about? I saw that hit. Tell me what you think it is. Say it loud. Timothy's family. Who else knew that? Be honest. A couple. Timothy's family. You just gave your mom the best Mother's Day present ever given in the history of the world. You gave your mom a great Mother's Day present. It's Timothy's family. Timothy and his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois and his Greek non-religious father. That's what we have here. Listen to what Paul has to say about this family in the second letter he wrote to Timothy. And understand something. You know, we have our Bibles. You can grab your Bibles and turn it to 2 Timothy. And when you get that and I say, turn to the book of 2 Timothy, do you understand you're simply reading a letter that Paul, in this case, wrote to Timothy, this, his young understudy, this young man who came, he calls him his child in the faith. He had led him to Christ. And then he disciples him and ends up becoming, and most scholars believe that Timothy was who Paul wanted to be his successor, the one who would carry on his, his ministry. He was his child in the faith. So Paul um, writes to Timothy, and just a few of the verses give us a great deal of insight into the life of this family. So first of all, chapter 1, verse 5, it says this. The Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, he says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure that is in you as well. Now flip over a few pages to the third chapter, and let's look at chapter 3, verse 15. It says, that from, And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom. Remember, this is talking about Old Testament, because Jesus hadn't even come yet. So they had taught him the ancient writings, it says sacred writings, which were able to give you the wisdom that would lead to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. That God's plan all along was for Jews to understand from the Old Testament that it was looking forward to when Jesus would come. And elsewhere in Scripture, we won't turn there right now, Scripture tells us that Timothy's father, the reason I could say he was a non-believer, it says that he was a Greek man, um, and that later in Timothy's life, Timothy... Uh, chose to be circumcised in order to do ministry with Paul so it wouldn't offend the Jews. And so he had followed in the traditions of his father and not his, not his Jewish mother. So this family was a lot like many of our families are here. One word to describe this family. You know what my word is for them? Imperfect. The opposite of perfect. Imperfect. Mom and dad not on the same spiritual wavelength. Grandma having to step in because the daughter she loved had at one point in her life, we don't know how, but had done her own thing and is now dealing with the consequences that the husband doesn't want the same spiritual goals as the mom. So grandma steps in, but grandma's involved. Grandma might have said, hey, I raised my kids already. But grandma steps in and, and does it. And what I see is a family that's imperfect. They're not perfect. I've got a newsflash for you. Sometimes you come in here and you hear stories and I stand here and talk, although I do my best to show that we have all kinds of flaws in our family. I do that on purpose. Um, but you say, oh, I look at that family and they look perfect. What a newsflash. If you peek through their windows, not advocating peeping Tomism, 
But if you did, you would find out that all families are imperfect. Every family has issues. Every family has problems. Every family has obstacles that they need to overcome. So yes, imperfect, but the good news, the message of all of May that we have, the message that applies to our families as well as everything else, is yes, we can be imperfect, but our families can also be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Think of it. Timothy and Eunice and Lois and Timothy's father may have been imperfect, but Grandma Lois knew the Lord. And she taught her daughter Eunice about the Creator and about Noah and about Moses and about the prophets who told about a Savior, a Messiah that would come. Grandma was empowered. And Eunice, even though she had apparently made some mistakes, maybe in the choice of a husband, knew the Lord from her youth. And in time she, she understood she wanted to know the Lord more and to serve Him fully. And that she gave her life to Him and she was empowered. And so when that little Timothy came along, and her Greek non-religious husband had nothing to offer spiritually to his son, grandma and mom step up to the place. And they say, we will do it. And they taught Timothy about God and his promise of a Savior. And so when the Apostle Paul comes to town explaining that Jesus is the Messiah, he's the Savior of the world, the Son of God, uh, that, that then what happened is because they had been empowered living for him they accepted him as lord and they followed him and they received forgiveness and eternal life church that's an empowered family not perfect empowered a family where the holy spirit is doing his ministry within and through them in a way that they could not do on their own by their own efforts and their own abilities you see on the surface this is not the right family for a great leader of the early church to rise out of. If you're going to say, how would I create one of the great leaders of the church, a, a, a person who two letters of the New Testament would be written to because of his involvement in ministry, Timothy wouldn't be that person. Timothy should have followed in his father's footsteps. But through the ministry of an empowered mom and an empowered grandma, God raised up Timothy for empowered service. That's what he did. Well, you know what? Here's something that I know today about every one of you in this room. All of us want the same thing as that family had. We want to know the Lord, and we want our kids and our family members, our extended families, to know the Lord. And for each of us, we want to be involved in a, in a relationship with the Lord that's so real that there's empowered activity and ministry going on through us in our very family and through the individual members of our family. The activity and the service um, that accomplishes something significant and eternal. That's what I know that we want, right? On a Mother's Day, there's no mother's wish greater than that. Well, I want to encourage all of us, imperfect people, imperfect families today, by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, God can do great things through all of us. God's plan is to do seemingly impossible things through any one of us. It's all about his empowerment, not about our abilities. It's not about our education. It's not about our pedigrees. It's all about him. And I want to tell you a few things that you can do as an empowered child of God, things that we see from Lois and Eunice and Timothy. An encouragement to say, if, if God can use that imperfect family, 
God can use this imperfect family or this imperfect individual. And the first thing I want to point out is this. You, every one of you, say me. Me. Say it louder. Me. Me. So you can be the one that God uses to change the course of the life for your entire family. You see, Eunice married a non-Jewish Greek man. He and his family before him would have served Rome, served Roman gods, and followed Roman ways. Enter little Jewish Eunice, a woman in a world where women were considered property, where women had little or no power, where women had little or no influence. But you know what? As we read the story, what do we find out? She changed the course of life for their entire family from that point forward, from Timothy, for Timothy's father's family. Timothy didn't end up serving Rome and worshiping false gods. We see from the story that Timothy ended up serving Jesus and worshiping the true and living God. From that point forward, she's changed the trajectory of the entire family because Timothy, we would assume, would go on to get married, have children, and carry that on. The change agent was an empowered wife, an empowered family member, and that's what God wants you to understand about you today, that that person can be you in your family. Church, listen to me. God has you in your family on purpose as a change agent. Some of you sit back and say, but you don't know. You don't know my family. Friends, you don't know my family. You don't know that one generation ago. To my knowledge, not one person in my side of the family or my mom's side of the family knew anything about serving Jesus. We don't know of one person. I'm the first person ever to be a minister in our family. And now today, 20, 25 years ago, zero Christians that we knew about, maybe 30 years ago, zero. Now, the majority of the people in my family and in my mom's family are people serving Christ with, with, great, with great passion. Now, do we have problems? Yes. Do we make mistakes? Yes. But you know what? It all came down, really, to one lady who got saved, my aunt. Got saved, and that kind of spread through the whole thing, through the whole family. Listen to me, friends. God has put you in your family on purpose to be a change agent, to help turn people in your family towards the true and living God. You're not an accident. You go, but I wish I was in. Stop saying that. God made you on purpose, and he put you where you are on purpose because he has a plan for you in your life. And if you have a tough family, guess what? Because he knows he can use you in a tough situation. You can be that one person who starts the chain reaction, who basically breaks the chain of the past and begins a chain going in a completely different direction. And when I think about this, this reminds me of all the stories, and I can't tell you how many stories I have heard about Suzanne's grandma, Caroline, right? Suzanne's grandma, Caroline. Now, I never got to meet Suzanne's grandma, Caroline, because grandma Caroline had passed away from cancer before I ever came into the family. But you can't sit with their family for more than five minutes to this day. So we've been together for 30 years, probably known each other for 30 years. So over 30 years, you still can't be together for five minutes without hearing stories about grandma. Because grandma grew up in a family, central Wisconsin, that didn't know the Lord at all. She married a man who didn't know the Lord at all. And what I hear from all the stories, and I think the stories probably don't do it justice, is that um, he was not 
a very nice man, that he treated the family very poorly. And this young couple in central Wisconsin doing farming began to have kids um, whom the husband then abused a lot. And they all tell stories about it. He would drink a lot and line them up and beat them in a row, one after another, after another, after another. And after having a few of the 13 children that Grandma Caroline gave birth to, Caroline and her mom, it's kind of interesting, it's so close to the story, Caroline and her mom went to hear an evangelist in their small country town. And both of them gave their hearts to Christ. Well, Caroline, and here I want you to listen, pay attention closely, Caroline spent the rest of her life living with an abusive man. He didn't just gloriously get saved. Matter of fact, at his very end, I would think he was um, it, it seemed as though he really made a commitment to Christ. I know he lived with a lot of regret for how he had lived and had all kinds of kids witnessing to him. But she spent the majority, oh, she spent all the rest of her life with an abusive man who fought her, I mean physically fought her, taking her children to church. But she was empowered. And she persisted. And she suffered because of it. She was beaten. She was mistreated. But all of those 13 kids committed to following Jesus. Now, the truth be known, they struggled. Some didn't at first, but they've come back. And to our knowledge, we talked about it, to our knowledge, all of Caroline's 13 children served Christ. Now, the first one just passed away. Went and a deacon in a church, serving the Lord. Many have, have Christian spouses and Christian children um, in their family. Their family now has, it's, it's Christian. There's deacons, and there's pastors, and there's ministers, and there's missionaries, at least soon to be. I don't know if there's any other missionaries. There's other missionaries around the world. Those 13 kids have a lot of kids and grandkids. And their family has every level of involvement in Christianity and work in the local church. Their whole course of life has been changed. And the change agent in their family was a little lady from central Wisconsin who met Jesus in a farm town by some no-name evangelist that none of us would remember who he was. And she was empowered by the Holy Spirit. She was empowered how? To never give up. She was empowered by the Holy Spirit to always pray. She was empowered by the Holy Spirit to shine forth Jesus' love. And that's all the stories I always heard about her. What a godly, wonderful, praying woman she was. A person who, like Lois and Eunice, taught her kids about God and his word. Friends, that little lady was a change agent that changed the course of literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people's lives. My children have been affected by Suzanne's grandma Caroline because Suzanne's grandma Caroline taught Suzanne's dad about Jesus. And the only reason Suzanne and I ever even got connected together was because Suzanne was influenced by her grandma Caroline, and she said, I'm going to serve Jesus, and I want to be in full-time ministry. And the only reason we have our children today is because we got together, it was all tied back to grandma Caroline, and some, some pastor preaching in a cow town in central Wisconsin who probably lived dirt poor, this traveling itinerary for itinerant minister from place to place to place. But Grandma Caroline met Jesus, and it changed everything. 
Friends, that's the position you can have in your family. Now, I'm not sure Grandma Caroline ever understood it all. Because she didn't, she passed away of cancer. And, and we all sat and everybody scratched our heads every time you get the other and say, why? Well, this doesn't make any sense. But you know what? Somehow God had it all figured out. And Grandma influenced hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And I'm the recipient of the life of a lady I never met who endured a rotten life but said, I'm going to put Jesus first. And interesting, that man who was rotten to her eventually said, you know what? She was right and I was wrong. Friends, that's God's plan for our lives. We can be the change agent. But it only comes from being an empowered family. You see, friends, we've got to understand something here. And it's this. Empowered family is the most important thing to God. Empowered family is God's avenue for transferring faith to the next generation. The primary way that Christianity, the faith in Jesus, is spread from, is from parent to child. That's the main way. We do all this stuff in church and we do all these outreaches and all these different things we do and they're good and they're right and they're essential. But the main thing that transfers faith is a relationship between parent and child. Grandma Caroline and 13 children. And friends, the most effective way faith is transferred to the next generation is from empowered parent to child. Family is God's vehicle for the transmission of his faith. God's plan is for fathers and mothers and grandparents to pass down their faith to their children. And friends, this is why we see such an incredible assault against the family in our day and age, against a traditional family, because the enemy knows destroy the family through divorce and through wrong ideas. Destroy the family and you destroy the primary means of transmitting the faith of Jesus Christ to the next generation. So the world promotes same-sex marriage and, and, or no need for marriage, just live together, or it promotes extreme feminism, which is man-haters, which is just a result of extreme male dominance that happened before that, that oppressed women. All these things that are elevated. All these are attacks against the family because the family is God's primary avenue for passing on the faith to the next generation. Destroy the family and you destroy the faith. That's why from the very beginning of Scripture, God instructs family to pass their faith on to their children. Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 9 says this, You shall teach them God's commands diligently to your sons and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now notice in that, everything is talking about the family. You shall do it when you, when you um, sit in your house, family. And when you walk by the way with family. And when you lie down, where do you sleep at night? In your house. With who? With your family. And when you rise up, that's with who? With your family. And you write them on the doorposts of your house, family. And on your gates, the gates are on your house, family. God's plan is for us to do it. Church. We need to understand something. We can't outsource the passing on of our faith to our children to anybody else. We can't outsource it. It's not the church's job to pass on the faith. It's not the school's job to pass on the faith. It's not the pastor's job to pass on the faith. 
It's the family's job to pass on the faith. And the things like the schools and the pastors and the church all are existent here to assist that, but not to replace it. Because God has created it. That the greatest influencer of any person in the world is a parent. That's why when a parent is empowered and doing good, you're like Grandma Caroline, and you see incredibly good things. But there's many parents who don't know the Lord, and they do incredibly hard and bad jobs in their family, and they crush their children because they are the greatest influence in their children's lives. We have a class that that I've been through, and it's primarily designed. It's called Life Skills, and we're going to have a version of that launched this fall in our church called Trek. And one of the main things you find when you go through that is a grown adult, men and women, talking about my real hang-up when I figured out in life is kind of what happened with my parents way back here 35 or 40 or 50 years ago. And I kind of believe these lies. Friends, parents have incredible opportunity for good or bad. And an empowered family of great opportunity for good. So you know what, friends? This is the first and more, most important part of missions. Transferring a true faith to our kids and to our grandkids. It's growth by biological multiplication. So I say get busy and have some more kids so we can pass on the faith. The first mission field that each of us is responsible for is our family. And so on Mother's Day, I want you to understand that it's God's plan for families to be empowered. It's God's plan for all of us to be involved in a family in such a way that we positively affect the family. And so, I can't think of something that moms desire more than for their children to know the Lord. So today's a family service. It's a day when we have everybody um, in the services together. No kids' church. Kids, you need to understand, there's nothing mom wants more for you than to know the Lord. You go, Mom's always dragging me to church. You know what? You're right. And she's right. Because there's nothing greater in this world than knowing that your children know the Lord. And some of you are sitting here today and you go, you know what, I'm not sure where my children are at. Here's what I know. Even if they're going and gone, you're still the greatest influence in their life. And you may be sitting here, Moms, and saying this, you know what, I wish my kid would call me a Mother's Day, and maybe you're estranged. And you can dig in your heels and you can wait and say, I'm going to wait for him to call me, wait for her to call me. Can I suggest something? Why don't you call? You call them and you explain what was explained today on the video, what Suzanne tried to explain, that, that a mother's love is the greatest illustration of the love of God in the world. Because moms, God wants to use you to impact your children. And there is nobody more powerful, nobody with a greater voice. I'm speaking as a, as a man who was raised by a woman, right? And a man, but a woman. No one has a greater voice in your life than your mother. So today, you can call that child up and you can tell them how much you love them. It's because of Jesus. And you don't know just how wonderful that might turn out. Right? You're empowered. If you're a child of God, you're empowered. You're empowered by God to do what you can't do on your own. So allow Him to work through you and your families. Amen? Well, this Mother's Day, let's thank God for our families. Let's dedicate our families to the Lord. We're going to end our service um, 
by having our moms, all of them, come forward. And moms or expectant moms, I'm going to ask you to come up here. You're going to all, I want you to come up here and, and grab one of these flowers, but don't leave. And here, I'll show you how non-flowery I am. They are geraniums. Um, and so moms, why don't you all stand up. I want you to come forward. We're going to pray for you, so don't run off. So I want all our moms to come forward. We're hoping we got enough flowers for all of you here. Grab one. So all our moms, come on up here. Grab a flower and hang out up here. Some of you moms, some of you moms can come up on a platform with me. Some are just starting to bud and some are already growing. So so moms, some of you can come on up here. We need to fit you all up here. Come on up here, moms. Come on up here. Come on up. Gonna have to make more rooms, mom. Come on up. Fill the back of the platform back here. Get all the moms up here. We got y'all. Well, if I'm not a thorn among roses, I don't know if I've ever been. I never looked so good, did I, guys? Huh? Huh? Never looked so good. You're right, Doug. Moms, you do teach us something. You teach us what real love is. And you make our families and our church a way, way, way better place than if it's a bunch of guys. And so uh, we know that. And so I hope you got breakfast in bed or at least your kids rub your feet or something today. Um, and uh, some of you, I know you're separated by distance. Know this. Even if your, your children are far away, we love you. And we're glad. I know some have gone through a hard year. passing of a son. You know what, moms? God loves you. You can plan on that. God is good. He wanted to show the world how much He loves us. And the main way He wanted to show us was by showing us a mother's love. That's the main way. And so, guys, I want you to stand with me. And we're going to pray for our moms. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, for the women, the moms in our church. We thank you, God, that, that they've gone through things that us men can never imagine. And that, Lord, they have displayed love and grace in ways that, that we just, we are boggled at. Because, Lord, really their love is, it just somehow comes out different than ours. And it shows us, God, a dimension of your love that is unlike anything we ever really can experience in another way. And so we ask today for your grace and your goodness to rest upon every one of our moms. Help them feel your love in a way that's amazing. Father, we would ask that you would give them all the desires of their hearts their passion to see that they could be the the change agent in their families, that they could be influencers, and that, God, they would be the consistent lovers in their families that would reveal your trueness to their family and the world around them. So, Lord, bless them all, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mothers, we love you. Let's give our moms a hand.